I could not breathe for 75% of this film, which is why I struggle to understand how it could be regarded as anything less than a masterpiece of mid-2000s horror. I am literally shaking, not only because I once again need grief counseling after witnessing the devastating destruction of Jared Padalecki, but because I also can't believe it took me until just now to start Venmoing friends $3 so they could experience that trauma as well. There is just so much to praise here. Not only is the gore in this unbelievably good, but the disturbing ideas, yes, some of which are clearly pulled from the original House of Wax and Tourist Trap, it presents will absolutely haunt you. This was the peak of Chad Michael Murray's career, which was obviously between 2003 and 2005 with the release of Freaky Friday, A Cinderella Story, and this cultural reset for the horror genre. And against all odds, Paris Hilton dies fourth in this. What more could you possibly want? This is a movie that has tormented me for years, caused me irreversible emotional damage, and for that, I am so grateful. Does this have a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. But can I help that so many of you want to be on the wrong side of horror history? No, I cannot. I can't breathe. <laughs> All I can do is continue to keep y'all and Jared Padalecki's eyebrows in my prayers. That's right, folks. On our first ever mini-sode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror, we'll be tackling 2005's House of Wax. The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. I would also like to make note that Chad Michael Murray his peak is truly One Tree Hill. I and mean, people forget about his like iconic TV presence. I listen, mean, I'm I talking not... about the peak of his movie career. The thing is, like, you can be a TV star, but like at the end of the day, like being a movie star is so much bigger. Yeah, but I feel like both main men in this have like bigger TV careers than they did film careers. I mean, they do. I mean, I feel like nowadays with how TV has grown. Mm-hmm. They definitely are evenly matched, being a movie star and being a TV star. Debatably, it's bigger to be a TV star now. But mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s, you wanted to be a movie star. I just love the, like, t- mid-2000s guy who, like, is on, like, a CW TV show, but also is in, like, fucking gory, brutal horror. It's Ugh, my know. perfect man, honestly. Well, we get, I mean, Supernatural, obviously, Jared Padalecki did this. We also had Jensen Ackles in the literal unwatchable My Bloody <sighs> Valentine movie. Yeah, that it, Even though it's so unwatchable, I swear to God, I've seen it like 12 fucking times. I'm not even surprised. A little it's bit. It's like, I feel like I try to convince myself every time. I'm like, there's no way it's as bad as I'm remembering it. And then I watch it, and I'm like, I, I'm correct. It wasn't as bad. It was worse. I only saw it one time. And it was my birth- birthday movie, and I had, I think I rented it from, like, Hollywood Video, but I rented, like, the 3D version and have 3D glasses, <laughs> so I just had to, like, deal with it. Um, and I don't think it was very good. But at the same time, I didn't know who Jensen Ackles was yet, mm-hmm. so I probably didn't appreciate it the way I should. <clears throat> so, if y'all <laughs> listened to our goddamn Tourist Trap episode, then you know one of the big talking points for us was House of Wax 2005, which we had both seen before, but we had not revisited in a long time. So literally the day after we recorded it, I was like, it's time. 
you know what? I really want to revisit this literal trauma. Um, let me watch it. And I was really just expecting for it to just like kind of like bring up those old ghosts within me of like, oh, remember when I literally wanted to sob when Jared Padalecki died the first time? Mm, that's nice. And then go to sleep and have a few nightmares and be done with it. Um, I did not expect to, as I said in our opening, stumble upon a goddamn masterpiece. I mean, Alex, you and Alex, I then proceeded to then contact multiple people to say, I need you to be watching this right now. I don't care how you fucking get your hands on it. If you need the money, I will provide it for you. Watch this fucking movie. Um, and the rest is history. So, Alex, yeah. you watched. Yes, yes I me. even I even rented it. I paid the $3, which, as you know, I am very, very stingy when it comes to paying for movies. And I'm the I, same way. I do not rent movies. If, like, I'll watch a movie that like, Christine rents, like, on her account, or I will just find it free. So the fact that I rented it really shows my dedication to you. Um, but yeah, I, me and Greg watched it last night. And uh, I only remembered a couple of things from it. Like Jared Pedalecki's demise because that was like, I think I've always loved him even when I didn't know I loved him. Right. And it always like fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Like just his face coming off like Ugh. tortured me inside. Um, and I remembered Paris Hilton's death obviously because it's iconic. But, like, aside from that, like, it was only a few things here and there. But as they were happening, I was like, oh, no, I know what's coming. Oh, my God. And it's so gory. And the practical effects are so fucking good. It is. It really is. You really don't – you do not expect this to be a good movie. Like, I fully went in being like, Greg is going to hate this. He's going to be like, why did you make me watch this? And then when it was over, he was like, that fucking rocked. And today while he was working, he's been listening to the soundtrack. He's just like – like, he loves it. He's balling. Like, yeah, I don't want anyone listening to this. I mean, if you've seen it, then you know. But if I don't want anyone listening to this being like, oh, like, we're just being cute. We're just being funny. No. This is a good movie. Like, we Especially all have movies. Especially for mid-2000s. What'd you say? Especially for a mid-2000s. Oh, word. my God. Yeah, it's like, listen, because we also recently both rewatched the 2006, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. When a Stranger Calls, which we both had a lot of love for growing up. It isn't, I feel like, I think I re- liked it a little more rewatching it than you did rewatching it. Yeah. But we, I think we both also had the realization of like, it is not as amazing and wonderful and whatever as when we watched it when we were younger. Mm-hmm. This was the opposite for me, where it was like, I was like, there's literally no way this is good. Like, it's well, going to be bad. Well, and I, I literally we- had my jaw on the goddamn floor. I didn't check my phone once during the goddamn movie. I was there. I was in it. I was invested. Yeah, well, I've been saying to you a lot, and I think I wrote about it in my little review, but, like, between, like, 2002 and 2009, there was this very strange trend with horror where they, like, remade everything, first of all. Right. But just the aesthetic of it is so fucking mid-2000s that, like... Oh, I know. It's it's jarring. Like, I've never seen, like, an era of film that is just so, like, a slice of that time period because like the style the music the way that they film everything they like go fucking balls to the wall with the gore like it is just vicious like all of them hills have eyes texas chainsaw massacre remake Mm -hmm. and fucking house of wax like all of them there's so many and i feel like house of wax does it the correct way where a lot of the other ones are just like well we need you know people to come to the theater so we're just gonna like do gore for gore's sake where this was like clever and it was creative and it was creepy but it was also fucking gory and brutal 
and I just oh I'm just so into it mm-hmm. mm. I love I love a good mid-2000s movie <laughs> always and I feel like it also has that nostalgia factor for me because like at the time I was like 13 14 and mm-hmm. I was really big into horror so like when these things were coming out I was like in my like you know prepubescent era and like this shit traumatized me and I was like what am I watching like this is something I've never seen before yeah and it's ooh, so like it just brings me back to that time that angst I had it really is just like a goddamn time capsule of a movie let's mm-hmm. just like for starters this goddamn cast Like, this is God-tier casting, if you ask me. We've already talked about, which I'm sure we're going to talk about even more, um, Jared Padalecki. You know him. You love him. If you don't love him, stop listening to the podcast. We don't want you as a goddamn listener. Okay? Um, (laughs) And if you are Jared Padalecki. um, Hi. Hi. Hi, Daddy. Um, (laughs) Chad Michael Murray, which I was just telling you before we started recording, because I'm now in this goddamn house of wax like fucking dark hole that I've slipped into I started watching on YouTube like behind the scenes for the movie and blah blah there was like a whole behind the scenes thing where it was like Chad Michael Murray Jared Padalecki Paris Hilton and what the fuck is her goddamn name Alicia Cuthbert mm-hmm. Cuthbert um she all four of them are like watching the behind the scenes and giving their live commentary on it was watching that and then I just started watching this MTV show that I think they I Never heard of it before. I don't think they did any other seasons of it. It was called Movie Life. It was called Movie Life colon House of Wax. And there was five fucking episodes of it. And they had taken a film crew with them. They shot this in Australia. Film crew came with them to Australia. This four people I just mentioned were like the focus of the film crew. And it was just like them on set, them living in Australia. Like there's a whole storyline about Chad Michael Murray getting a puppy. Like, (laughs) and like Chad Michael Murray, listen... He's hot. I I don't know that that can even be argued, but he should keep his mouth shut. He's like one of those hot guys where it's like, you're hot and that's enough, so stop talking. Listen, He's, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Here we go. But I'm not going to say anything too wild. I think that objectively, yes, Chad Michael Murray is an attractive man objectively. Yeah. Am I attracted to him? No. I don't think it's that crazy of an opinion. I do not find him appealing. Like, I would never look at him and be like, oh my god, who is that man? I'd be like, that's a cute guy, I guess. But, like, Jared Padalecki? Everyone fucking step aside. I will push bitches down to get to that. He's, like, 6'5". He's gorgeous. I can't even start. But Chad Michael Murray, like, man. Christine, I was talking to her about him today, and she said that in high school, she was just, like, like, so obsessed with him. Like, in love. She just wanted to climb that man well the thing about Chad Michael Murray where I'm gonna agree with you I while I don't agree that I'm not personally attracted to him because I am um I do find Jared Padalecki more attractive um but the thing about Chad Michael Murray which maybe just plays into the whole narrative of the fact that I have horrible taste in men I'm sure it does actually um he like just exists like specifically in this movie like the shaved head he's like kind of a bad boy asshole like that's it don't ask me for more. That's literally, I'm like, sold. Yeah, Sheep let me head, tell you. masculine, second, kind of a dick. Probably Anya, treat me like garbage. Showed, yeah. The second he showed up on screen, I was like, ugh, Anya's going to love this fucking guy right Shut now in this movie. She definitely was like, oh my god, Chad Michael Murray. Okay, literally, bitch, do not come for me. Um, I will always come for you. But 
yeah, Chad Michael Murray is lit. Like when he does these interviews and he's talking about it, and I was watching him. He's just like such an asshole. Like I was watching a blooper reel, which like wasn't even funny, which is so sad. The only funny parts were like Jared Padalecki being cute, um, and then there was like Chad Michael Murray fell a fuck ton on the set. Especially when they were in the literal, like, wax house and it was, like, Mm -hmm. melting and slippery. Like, shit was, like, falling on his head. He was, like, eating shit all the time. We love. But there's, like, one blooper, I guess you call it a blooper, where when they're, like, him and – hold on. What the fuck is this dude's name? Um, The guy from from Cousin Skeeter. Cousin Skeeter? What are you talking about? Paris Hilton's boyfriend in the movie? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Um, no. Oh, the bad guy. and John Abrahams, who I will come back to in a moment, they're like peeing and the guy you were just talking about comes up behind them and he's like, are you guys going to have sex or whatever? Oh, yes. yes. Um, when they did that scene, apparently they had to shoot it like 30 fucking times because the one guy, um, Paris Hilton's boyfriend, kept fucking it up. Like, and like Chad Michael Murray was like visibly getting so pissed off at him. To, like, one point he comes up behind them. Like, it's like, oh, they're fake peeing. And he, like, comes up to say the line. And mid him saying the line, Chad Michael Murray's like, I didn't hear them say action. I was like, oh! And that's wow. how Chad Michael Murray's career ended after 2006. Well, it's so funny because even – I watched it in the bloopers and then I watched the behind the scenes of them talking about it, like, the cast. The one girl, uh, Alicia or whatever her goddamn name is, like, said something to him and she was like, oh, my God, like, I didn't hear you say action. And instead of him being like, yeah, like – that was, I was being a dick. Like, I was, like, stra- He was just, like, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, like, tried to justify it. And I was, like, girl, be <sighs> quiet. Diva. But John Abraham, who I just brought up, who is, like, in the movie, Chad Michael Murray's, like, best friend. He's kind of, like, an idiot. He has, like, his camcorder the whole time. He was truly, like, when I saw him in this, I had forgotten he was in this. I was, like, wow, what a goddamn serve. Because... In literal, like, 2000, he's in Scary Movie, right? Obviously mm-hmm. playing the comedy version of Skeet Ulrich's Billy from Scream. Which, mm-hmm. Scary Movie itself was a goddamn cultural reset. The yeah, first one. Was. Like, it's so good. I can't, we can't begin. Um, so to be in that, a movie that's parodying, there's no debate, the best slasher movie of the 90s. It literally reinvented the genre. And then a few years later in the mid-2000s, to be in what is debatably the best slasher of the 2000s a serve john abrahams was serving he is like so un uh what's the word i'm looking for unattractive <laughs> unimportant <laughs> no underrated i think i was going correct correct i was hoping wow. you were going to say that wow didn't mean to come for you john sorry um but yeah, and then obviously we have Paris Hilton, which if you are a Supernatural fan, I'm sure you remember this, Alex. There was an episode in Supernatural where they had, there's a whole like House of Wax episode where they like, it's like the historical figures are coming to life. I don't even remember how it's happening, but like there's a Paris Hilton wax figure that gets brought to life and she like fights Sam and Dean and it was mm-hmm. kind of like a wink, wink. Remember when Jared Padalecki was in that movie with her, House of Wax? God That's pretty much damn. what... 80% of Supernatural used to be, I know. which is, like, cultural references. And that's why I love it. Well, then, I mean, they gave him shit so often for, like, being in Gilmore Girls. Honestly, last night I turned to Greg and I was like, do I need to start fucking watching Gilmore Girls now because I <sighs> need to see more Jared? I know. I the thing is, I like, I've never watched Gilmore Girls. I think I watched, like, the first episode when I was a freshman in college because some of my friends were like, we should rewatch it. And I was like, I've never seen it. They were like, we have to watch it then. I watched the first episode mm-hmm. and it was just, like, it didn't do anything for me. Um... 
I know he's in it. I know he's Q in it, obviously. But I think there's yeah. obviously the whole storyline where she has like there's there's different boyfriends and if he was there for the whole series, I would have already watched it. It would have been done. It's just like knowing that like there's probably huge chunks in the series when he's not around that I'm like, I don't care. Well, yeah, my sister used to watch it and I would see like episodes here and there and it just like I did not like it. It seemed very like preppy and weird and not funny mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that like because I know he's like I think he plays Dean because I thought that was always funny that he oh yeah yeah Sam. yeah and then but I'm pretty sure like Jess who is Mila Ventimiglia is like the main boyfriend and like, I think so I like him too but he's no Jared so right probably not gonna happen for me um so the casting is just I mean like everyone is hot like oh, yeah I mean that's also a given for a 2000s horror film like you can't have no uggos babe it ha- everyone has to be hot i mean um, i feel like i feel like paris hilton's the the bottom of the barrel on that casting attractive wise yeah i mean aside from like john abramson or whatever you said his name was like chad and jared are very hot right paris hilton's boyfriend in the movie's hot yeah. alicia cuthbert is very hot and paris hilton's fine i'm not i don't think she's very attractive i think she's it's skinny like... and that's about it and she's skinny and rich and she's blonde and that's about it i'm skinny I'm blonde, whatever that fucking Lady Gaga song is. I'm rich, and I'm a little bit of a bitch. Yeah, that's Paris Hilton. Um, honestly, though, powerful. The thing about Paris Hilton is, like, yeah, like, if I looked at her, like, objectively, do I think of women that I've seen, she's very attractive? Like, no, I'm not particularly attracted to her. Um, but what makes her attractive is her power. The thing about Paris Hilton is just, like, Paris Hilton is a state of mind, I feel like. <laughs> okay. Like, Paris Hilton is a belief system. I mean, I, she's cr- literally in this fucking MTV show. The first, one of the first things they show her doing when she gets to Australia is some gr- little fucking little school girl in Australia who was obsessed with Paris Hilton and all her friends were obsessed with Paris Hilton was having a birthday party where the theme of the birthday party was dressed like Paris Hilton. So they like, you know, as like people do sometimes where they like ask the celebrity like, will you be my date to prom? LOL. She like invited Paris Hilton to the birthday party. So Paris Hilton's like, okay, and just like shows up to this birthday party where all these little girls are dressed like her from, like, the simple life and shit like that. And she's just, like, hanging out with these girls for, like, several hours, which is just, like, because she can and because she wants to. But that's what's crazy is, like, I feel like going into it, like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Paris Hilton is painted as, like, such, like, in a way where it's, like, she's a monster, she's a dumb, stupid bitch, where it's, like, to a degree I feel like is she the most intelligent human being on the face of this earth? Obviously not. But is she as stupid as everyone says she is? I don't think so. At all. At all. Like, she knows exactly what she's doing most of the time. She is playing a part. And I respect the shit out of her for that. But moving on from Paris, which... We should talk about the movies. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, really what this episode is is to make you motherfuckers go watch it. Because if you don't, you're doing a disservice to literally just yourself. It's so good. I mean, as we talked about the gore in this, we have to quickly talk because I can't linger on it or else I really will have to go and contact a therapist immediately. Um, Jared Padalecki's death. I mean, the way they set it up, obviously me and you, we've stated many times over already how much we love him, right? We love him. He's our puppy dog. He's our boyfriend. Um, in this movie, that's what he is. He is this the tall cute boy next door very handsome very caring boyfriend who the the whole like I guess storyline with him and Alicia the main girl his girlfriend is 
that like she wants to go to school in the city and he wants to stay in whatever small town they're from and he's kind of like trying to come to terms with the fact that like he wants to stay with her but that would mean having to move to the city so like I mean it's a fucking pointless storyline we don't need it but it just like is to establish like you know oh he's a cute boyfriend like he really loves her so much then when they get to the town I mean like she falls into like a pit of fucking bloody animals at one point and he's like babe don't worry babe I got you babe like and it's so good I'm like I would throw my fucking body I would heave my body into a fucking roadkill pit if it meant Jared Padalecki would come fucking scoop me out of it who wouldn't honestly um but then, like, when they get to the town with the House of Wax where, you know, shit gets dark, um, he's, like, so protective of her. And he, like, he's even, like, a little jealous, which, like, in small amounts is cute. Like, because the guy who is, you know, our villain, which mm-hmm. he's also hot. Yeah. Arguably, like, yeah. I, for, for some reason in my head, when I was watching, I was like, oh, I remember he's, like, really just, like, a, like, dark hair, like, really creepy. And then when he turns around, when they go into the church for the supposed mm-hmm. funeral that's happening, and he turns around, I was like, oh, my God, he's fucking hot. <laughs> like, okay, sir, you can put wax on me. I don't give a fuck. Um, but... Like, Jared Padalecki gets a little jealous. He's like, oh, like, a number, another member of your fan club. Like, ugh. And then my favorite shot is when they're like, okay, well, they have to, like, wait a half hour for this guy to come, like, fix their car or something. So they're going to walk about the town. And they're walking. And, like, she calls him, like, an asshole or something. And he's like, but I'm still your favorite asshole, right? And they're like, tee-hee-hee. And they just get a shot from the back. And they're walking. And he, like, does that little thing where he, like, kicks his leg behind his back. And it, like, kicks up into her butt. And it's like, tee gotcha. It's so cute so cute and then they're like okay were you guys having fun were you enjoying that well the fun's over now here's some fucking gardening shears we're gonna cut his goddamn achilles heel in a dark room and leave him stumbling around begging for help i will say that his one flaw is that he is nosy as fuck and it's kind of his own yes like he goes in to like, pretty much every fucking building that there is. He's like, let's go in the wax museum. Let's go in the church. Let's just go into the gas station. Okay, I need to go pee. I'm, I'm going to explore your entire house. Well, that's like, what bitch. kills me. It's just like, the wax museum thing is already, like, annoying. Like, right? They, they shouldn't go in there. Like, it says it's closed. But whatever, right? And they even tell the guy that they went in there. And he like he's like, oh, the door is open. And the guy, like, makes comment about, like, you guys keep going in just anywhere where the door's open, don't you? Yeah. But it seems like, okay, fine. They're fine. He didn't, like, erupt on them. It's fine. And then, yeah, when he has to go to the bathroom, you just know. You're like, don't go in that house. Don't go in the house. And then you see him come out of the bathroom and you're like, oh, my God. He's in the fucking clear. Girl, walk out of the house, get in that car. Well, then he immediately is, like, taking his sweet-ass time. And I'm like, at the very least, Jared. Like, you left your girlfriend out in this stranger's car. You don't really know Mm -hmm. this guy. in In a town where you don't know anybody and it doesn't seem like there's much going on, just for her own safety, you should probably get back out there so she's not by herself. He's like, no, time to explore the fucking house. And, like, it's just one of those scenes where it's like, I was, this is when I started to be like, I'm hyperventilating. Mainly because, obviously, I knew it was coming because it wasn't Mm -hmm. my first, it was my first fucking House of Wax rodeo. But, like, I, yeah, I was just, like, shaking. I was like, you dumb fucking idiot. You're so stupid. Get out of the house. And then, yeah, here comes the fucking gardening shears. And, like, when you – which is already so bad. You're like <gasps> – and, like, it's real nasty. Like, they it's do not bad. skimp at all on the blood ever. Well, I mean, the thing that's always good about the Achilles heel cut 
and whether it's like pet cemetery or hostel or this like you just no matter how much they show you and like how gross it is visually just to like imagine that pain that you would feel and it's so unexpected every fucking time where like it just comes out of nowhere and then if that's cut you can't put weight on that that foot anymore like oh, that foot I hate is it, fucked. I hate it. so it's just such like a very specific thing that like a lot of horror has picked up on that's just like gets you it's like that and like eyeball stuff like fuck me up oh so, i know i forgot that that was coming and then i saw those fucking the shears and i was just like oh here yeah we go. i couldn't remember i just remember that he gets captured and then i, know, I remember all the mm-hmm. whack shit so when i saw those i was like no no yeah um but then yeah and then we get to the whole thing where like he's down in this fucking workshop and he is like naked at this point we don't get to see anything fun though and then the person who is um this like very long dark hair they're wearing like this is very tourist trap so this is what we're talking about like house of wax the, the similarities to the original house of wax in this are the fact that the two big things is, like, the huge fire. So in the original House of Wax and the, what inspired that movie, which was the Mystery of the Wax Museum, the beginning, the opening is there's a guy who has a wax museum, and it's all um, kind of, like, historical displays, wax figures, and whoever his partner is in the wax museum is like, we need to get more crowds in here. We need, like, scarier shit. And he's like, no. And then his partner's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to burn your work. And then he burns the place down, the wax figures in it, with the, the person in it who then comes back to seek his revenge. So at the end of House of Wax 2005, the huge thing is like the House of Wax that they're all in setting ablaze and everything melting. So they're in this house that's literally made of wax as it's like melting around them. So there's that. And then the huge idea of the fact that like in the original House of Wax, the whole thing is like this artist is like killing people or and like taking their corpses and putting wax over them so that the wax figures in his museum look really real. Mm-hmm. Um which obviously is the huge thing in this movie is that they're killing people. Except the thing in this movie, which is fucking insane, which like doesn't logically make a lot of sense. I'm not looking for answers like that, okay? I came to have fun and it delivered. Um, is that they don't kill them right away, usually. Like in Jared Padalecki's case, which makes it that much more devastating, is he's alive. He like yeah. gets like shot up with something that like I don't know like paralyzes him. So yeah, he's it's awake. Very paralytic of some kind. He's like his eyes are moving. This guy puts like wax on like his like mustache and like beard and his eyebrows, <laughs> and then puts like this like fucking cheesecloth over him and then like rips it off. Uh, yeah. Eyebrowless Jared Padalecki. What did we do to deserve this? Nothing. <laughs> um. And then from there, then we see him in this huge like kind of almost saw like. Mm-hmm. chair set up and like head cage which like, it looks like needles are going into him but they're not it's just like these really really tiny spouts that then this the fucking monster person with the wax face turns on and like fucking burning hot wax is just shot all over him which i guess we're supposed to believe it's so hot that it like melts into his skin and like morphs with his skin because then later when our scary movie babe John shows up and it's like, oh my god, it's like my friend, and he like tries to help him. Jared Padalecki is still fucking alive underneath the wax, and he, when he tries to pull the wax off his Ugh. face, it's morphed with his skin, and he rips it off, and then you just see like bloody, gooey, gory flesh underneath. Which what kills me about this scene is almost like the poltergeist scene that you know I love so much when he rips off his face. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least that is even more understandable because that's more like a dream sequence. In this, it's actually happening in this universe. He pulls it off and he sees like gory flesh underneath. 
Like, not like a little rip in the skin. Like, no, he's just pulled off his fucking flesh. He then continues to keep pulling the flesh off. I know. It's so bad. I was like, please stop, 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 stop. Leave him alone. He's crying. And then, of course, while he's doing that, he, the fucking killer, comes up behind uh, Mm -hmm. Scary Movie Boy. And he, like, runs for his life. And the killer, like, I don't even know, has, like, a sword or something. Like, like, huge shears again. And, like, swipes at him and ends up swiping off half of Jared Pilecki's fucking face. Yeah, it's rough, man. This movie is just, like, yeah. So, like, it delivers on the gore. What I was saying with Paris Hilton is, like, what's crazy about this is, like, Paris Hilton is, like, you know, in reality in the 2000s, she was considered, like, your dumb, stupid blonde. And, like, in the movie, she's not necessarily playing anything other than that. Um, Although she isn't as stupid as I feel like people would like her to believe, even in the movie. Like, but she is, like, your classic, like, 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 she's clearly not our final girl. Like, I feel like this movie makes it very obvious who our final girl is going to be. So it's like, well, we know this girl's going to die. Well, it's her, and she has a black boyfriend. So it, one of them is going to die first, obviously. And ni- the fact that neither of them are who dies first, right? it's the sweet boyfriend, is like, it's kind of genius. Like, it comes out of like, you're like, oh my god, what? You hate it. It's painful. But on top of the fact that it's not like, okay, well, then Paris Hilton's dying next. Like, just did that for, like, a really, really shocking first kill. Paris is going next. Paris doesn't die until fourth. Because and she's the last one to die other than the bad guys. Yeah, it's Jared Padalecki. Then it's um, Scary John. Movie Kid who mm-hmm. gets his head fucking chopped off. And then you do this great shot of like as he pulls, the killer pulls the body back, you see that his head is missing. And mm-hmm. then they cut and there's his head on the floor. And like because the brain is still working for like the last three seconds, his eyes are like blinking on his detached head. Mm-hmm. Um but then it's him. Then we go back to the campsite where supposedly this killer has, like, veered away from the town and found them. Kills the boyfriend. Kind of just a quick, easy, like, kind of knife or something, like, shear in the throat. Mm-hmm. And then chases Paris Hilton to an abandoned sugar mill. And she gets a prolonged chase scene. She does. Like, and what was funny is in the behind the scenes, she to get herself worked up enough to feel like she was like <gasps> like scared and out of breath because at the end of the day like when you're shooting it like you're have you have a whole crew there with you like it's not like you actually are in a place of band of being chased she kept like running up and down the stairs just like over and over again before they shot to like get out of breath and she was also so like self-conscious and embarrassed about having to scream that the first three times that she was like practicing it she made the entire crew scream with her so they'd be like, one, two, three, and she'd be like, ah! But, like, the entire crew, which is mainly, like, men, I think, were, like, all screaming with her. So then I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, and then on the fourth one, like, you'll be thinking that we're all going to scream with you, and we won't, and you'll be doing it on your own, and you'll see that it's not that bad. It's but, surprising that she would be afraid to scream on camera. That's a weird... She was, like, very self-conscious. In the fucking MTV thing I'm watching, like, she, like, on the first day of shooting, she literally had a huge anxiety attack and, like, would not come out of her trailer. She felt like she was having, like, her... She was, like, outside of herself. Because at the end of the day, like, what else has, was she really... She wasn't... I mean, she had, like, her MTV show, like, The Simple Life or whatever, but she was playing herself. I think this is, as far mm-hmm. as I know, like, the first time she was, like, truly, like, in, like, a bigger budget movie, like, playing a character. And she was around I mean, for a decent amount one. of the movie. Like, it wasn't, as I said, she wasn't killed first. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fault her. I'm not an actress. I would not be able to do that. And also, another quick fun fact is that um, because Jared Padalecki was so goddamn tall, like 6'3", um, Alicia, who obviously is playing his girlfriend, she is like 5'3". Mm-hmm. So he's literally like a full like 12 inches taller than her. That's what I like. So, so in my head, I'm like, oh, love that. But she was like so self-conscious that she was going to look like in- outrageously short next to him that mm-hmm. they sh- uh, for most of the scenes where you like won't see her feet, they like literally take like blocks of wood like thick blocks of wood and like duct tape them to the bottom of her shoes so that when she's standing next to him she doesn't look as short that's so stupid so then obviously after he's killed they don't have to do it anymore but like when i was watching this i was like they're showing this i'm like oh what was that for and it literally was just because she didn't want to look that much shorter than him oh my god so i don't want to talk about this much longer because we have to keep it a mini-sode we can't be doing whole fucking two hours on this shit um so, I brought up House of Wax, um, the original and how it inspired, but, like, as a huge part of this, as we said, is also, which is why we're doing it after our Tourist Trap episode, is clearly inspired by Tourist Trap. There's, um, two brothers working together in this, doing this, um, where in this one, it isn't just one guy, it's two guys, and they were conjoined twins at birth. So, the one brother that's the hot brother that I was talking about, um, and then there's the other one that had the wax face because underneath, like, literally half of his face is missing. Um, so, there's that. There's the idea of, like, oh, like, you know, kids and, like, something's wrong with their car. So, they have to come and, like, you know, get it fixed so they end up in this like weird like kind of roadside attraction place um it feels like a very even mix of both of them while also like incorporating a lot of like new stuff like obviously the gore is like i mean we talked about tourist trap was fucking pg like there isn't really any gore or any nudity in it which there isn't even any nudity in house of wax it's just you know intense fucking gore um but and like as we talked about earlier also, like, and the practical effects in House of Wax 2005, um, truly great. Like, I was watching behind the scenes and they were talking about, like, the director was like, I do not want to do any, like, um, special effects afterwards or whatever, like, visual effects, unless it's something we absolutely cannot do with practical effects. Like, the huge scene when she's, like, in the room with the bed and, like, crawling across it, like, that was a huge bed and it was, like, fucking filled with, like, wax and peanut butter. Like... Mm -hmm insane but i know that you had some stuff you want to touch upon so let us hear it since since you're talking about the practical effects i feel like the most effective moment in the movie is the scene where she gets kidnapped and she's like chained to that like dentist chair type thing right and he glues her mouth shut and then her fucking finger the finger is like the thing that gets me the most i think i know i know it is so it looks so real and it happens so quick Ooh. I just like I I'm such a fucking sucker for good practical effects like that. It really is. It was oh, it's such a good scene. It's so um, scary because you're also it's just like one of those moments where you're like he's right there like help her get her save her. Well, we know she's our, like you know in your soul she's our final yeah. girl. So I feel like the final girl like she gets put through it, but she mm. never really has any like huge injuries like that. So it's one of those moments where you're like, no, you wouldn't take her fucking. You can't take her finger. Yes, he does, well, babe. Yeah. Mid-2000s does not follow the rules. They don't give a fuck. Everyone is on the chopping block. Yeah. Even before that, the scene when she's in the car, which I think is a great scene, when, like, he comes back out and she's, like, getting weirded out that, like, her Mm -hmm. boyfriend has taken so long and this guy's being weird. And, like, she does, like, and she, like, locks herself in his car. 
And then he's like, what are you doing? Like, this is my car. Get out of it. It's just, like, such a great scene. Um, and it's so good because, like, honestly, I was gagged when, like, she got on the floor and with her fucking hand, like, hit the gas and, like, yeah. from the floor was driving the car. I was like, at that, that's one of those great moments in a movie, especially when we're talking about Final Girls, where it's like, you always want to feel like your Final Girl earned it, right? Like, mm-hmm. where I'm like, after that shit, I was like, this bitch deserves to live. Like, oh my god. What she like I feel only like drove the car. She fucking steered the car. She was like I know throwing the wheel around, like backing it up. It Literal impressive. insanity. Like it was so good. Yeah, I feel like we just need to talk about that last scene because I know you touched on the fire and the fact that it was like all practical effects, but I just think that that whole set piece is so incredible. Like they established pretty early on that everything in the wax museum is made of wax like the walls the floors like every single thing that's in there and Mm -hmm. so you kind of know that like shit's gonna go down once the fire starts right but just the way that like the floor melts away and like the stairs become like this like quicksand kind of like material where like like chad michael murray gets his foot stuck in it i just think it's so fucking creative and creepy and scary Mm. because then as it melts then you have this like boiling hot liquid that you don't want to fall into right and like they're slipping around it's just just, everything about it is so much fun and then like the fact that they have to physically like dig their way out of the wall i just think that's such a good image it's just like oh it's great oh i love it i i I feel like i could feel the wax like in my fingers and it's like it's both like gross and creepy and also oddly satisfying at the same time so good but yeah they like built those huge set pieces it's like fucking like that's a huge thing about this movie and like i i always am a sucker for like if you tell me like this is a practical like i we both do we love a great practical effect Mm -hmm. like movie making is magic i love it it's why it consumes so much of my life i'm obsessed with it i love watching documentaries about how they make movies like all that shit so like showing me and telling me that like it looks amazing and like oh yeah we like built that shit it was practical effects for most of it like that's epic and it deserves so much praise and then obviously if we're talking about the ending the -hmm. huge thing is that well throughout there's a huge twin motif right because it's like we have the two twins because we have a final girl but we also have our final boy chad michael murray twins siblings chad michael murray and our lead girl i don't think we ever mentioned that but hopefully you're not like listening to this if you haven't watched the goddamn movie um but there's a twin motif with them while our killer and his brother who's deformed and like doing all this shit are also twins right Mm -hmm. so like that's a weird strange interesting motif to throw in i like i stand but then you have this great fucking moment at the end when it's like oh yeah it's the end right they've escaped they're in the ambulance and then we cut back to the cops and they're like oh we like pulled a file on them or some shit and he's like the blah blah blahs didn't have two two sons they had three and you're like what and as they're pulling away who do they see but the fucking like creepy hick who was dumping shit in the roadkill pile that gave them a ride into the town and he's just like smiling like he 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 and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like i don't even know that it changes much because like we already knew he was creepy and like unsettling but it's just like a fun way to bring back like oh like remember that guy from earlier he's also their brother and he was probably like herding them into town to be sacrificed i mean i feel like they did that for two very specific reasons one because if they didn't do it it would have been a major plot hole because he brought them into town into a town that nobody knew existed except for that that family so like if you don't bring him back up 
and you watch the movie again or you just think about it, you're going to be like, who the fuck was that guy? Like, right. how does he how does he come into it? It doesn't make any sense. So they had to do that. But also I feel like because it was like very 2005, they were probably trying to set up some kind of potential for a sequel mm-hmm. if they wanted to. And they were like, ooh, she, it's not over. Ooh. Right. But And then it just like ends. Like nothing really comes of it. And you're just like, all right. And cool. then... Um, and we we haven't talked about it, but we have to start <laughs> we have to start wrapping this up because we'll go too long. But like the soundtrack to this movie, I mean, we keep talking about this is a time capsule of two thousand and five, but the two thousand in general, mm-hmm. like the entire soundtrack is your favorite rock emo songs just blaring throughout the entire movie. Like there is not a they don't, they never miss. Every song hits perfectly to the point that after you get to this whole movie and you're sitting there at the end, you're like, wow. What a goddamn 2005 horror masterpiece. Instantly when the credits hits. What comes blaring but MCR's My Chemical Romance's Helena. I forgot that this was in the credits. When I tell you that my wig flew across the earth, bitch, when I heard this. So did Greg's. Like, literally scalped me. I was like, (gasps) what? (laughs) The soundtrack of the movie is just like exactly the music that you would expect chad michael murray's character to listen to oh my god yeah it's just the angstiest fucking shit you've ever heard it's great so it just it it really like solidifies the whole aesthetic for me yes so to wrap up because we really could talk about this movie forever but we can't even though you oh you obviously all want us to we can't we can't can't spoil you like that um Go rent it. I mean, it's not currently streaming anywhere. Who knows? Maybe by the time this episode is released, it will be streaming, which honestly, at that point, that's going to be unwell for me because I will just watch it over and over again. Um, find it if you can. bought it yet, honestly. It's really not that expensive, like, to rent. It's literally $3. Like, rent it on Amazon, rent it on YouTube, rent it wherever. Um, it, it really is worth it, especially, like, if we're still in quarantine at this time. Like, it's great. It's fun. If you're, like, getting bored with what you're watching in quarantine, oh, girl, this is how you spice it up. Especially if you're quarantined with other people. It's a great movie to watch with a group. It's a great movie to watch on your own. It's a fucking masterpiece. I mean, as we said already, it's got great gore. It, the storytelling is not bad, in my opinion, at all. It all works for me. It's fun. The soundtrack is great. Everybody's hot. You'll be traumatized and you'll be laughing. I don't know what else you want from a fucking horror movie. Like, truly. Yeah. Check it out and then go watch other mid-2000s horror because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, we already watched My Stranger Claus, but we also want to watch uh, the remake of Prom Night. Oh, God, I loved it so much, and I know it's going to be true. I looked it up. It has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Listen, this had a 26%, and they were just wrong. They were wrong. Yeah, that's true. They are wrong. Well, I feel like maybe horror, this, like, specific, like, section of horror in time and space was, like, not appreciated Mm -hmm. when it was released, but I feel like now looking back on it, it's, it's just, like, a staple of my youth and, like, my life. And I feel like that's why. It's, it's going to become a cult classic one day. It, I mean, Blumhouse wants what mid-2000s horror has. Oh, Blumhouse but... wants what House of Wax has, and it will never get it. I'm sorry, they won't. All right, I guess that's all we have. That's all we have for you. So once again, go watch Tourist Trap. Listen to our Tourist Trap episode if you haven't already. It's mm-hmm. a fun time. Um, and rent House of Wax. And we will see you guys for our next full-length episode. What will it be? Who knows? But stay tuned. And as always, keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>